Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, no matter where in the world you might be. Thank you for making us part of your day. We're gearing up to the big game this weekend, Arsenal v Liverpool. Here we go. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Good evening, boys and girls. Thank you for joining us. Apologies for the late start. We have a bit of a technical glitch. So we're going to do this old school style from my mobile phone. Joining me uh, live via direct on the east coast of the United States is Liverpool legend and ESPN FC pundit, Mr. Stevie Nicol. Welcome to the show, Stevie. Thanks, <laughs> How are you doing? I am doing pretty well. How about yourself? I can't complain. Can't complain. Not yet. You can complain after the weekend, maybe. Probably not. <laughs> oh, the confidence. Okay, so yeah, I wish. Okay, so this is our annual chat, and I'm always so grateful when you join the show, uh, albeit a little bit differently today, but we're still bringing it to the squaddies here. So if I said to you in August, we were having a beer, and I said, you know what, Steve, I'm going to bet you that come October, Arsenal Football Club will be 11 points behind Liverpool FC. Would you have sent me to the asylum? Well, you probably would have asked me after a few beers. You wouldn't have asked that question after one. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure neither the two of us would have would have thought that was going to happen uh, and probably didn't really think uh, it was possible. We certainly, listeners, uh, as uh, confident as some Arsenal fans might be right now, I certainly didn't think that we would be top of the league and 11 points ahead of you and however many points ahead of Manchester United. Going into this season, surely I, I wanted to get your perspective because we'll on Liverpool first before we get stuck into a few nuts and bolts on Arsenal, Stevie. Right. Do you, surely losing Mane isn't the reason why you've started off poorly this season. One player, you've always been a team. So what's the scoop? Uh, I think I think the obvious, the one obvious thing is, is that Liverpool are not closing the ball as quickly uh, and as, in, as enthusiastically as we were used to. You know, they called it, it was called rock and roll when, when Clock first came. Uh, and the, and the the years that Liverpool were at their best, um, it was about the pace and the energy. First of all, that they closed the ball, and then of course once they got it, I mean they were absolute dynamite with that front three that did include Manny. So I think that's the obvious one. But to answer your question, no, because Manny's not playing, it's absolutely got nothing to do with it in my opinion. And let's be honest, Bayern Munich. I'm, I'm not even top of their league. Right. A league that they've won, what, nine, nine years in a row? So, no, that's money, money leaving. Look, if you ask any Liverpool fan, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you would agree, Liverpool, it wasn't good to lose money. You know, when you've had such a great front three that included him, why would you want to lose him? But the fact is, is that things happen and you move on. So, yeah, it's, got, it's not to do with money. 
I, I completely agree with you. And I think it's a bit of a lazy narrative. Um, you've had some injuries. You, you know, I, I wanted to lob because Super Kev um, is on assignment tonight and has sent a question for you. So I hope you can hear this because uh, it kind of dovetails a little bit on where the the matchups are going to be. Um, but be before I get to Kev's question, I wanted to preface it with, is your aging midfield, is that a myth too? Or do you, do you think that is a legitimate point? Maybe in terms of how they protected that back line, you know, they, the wall, as they call it, do you yeah. feel like that's a major issue, Steve? Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's, it's one of the, it's one of the two major issues, to be honest. You know, we're Liverpool at the best under Klopp. Uh, the midfield three picked itself. It was Henderson, Ronaldo, and Fabinho. Ronaldo's gone. You know, they sent Keita, in my opinion, to to replace not just replace Ronaldo, but to give them a bit more going forward. Because in the Bundesliga, he actually produced uh, some goals. Now that hasn't worked. Um, so you've got an album missing that hasn't been replaced, and Jordan Henderson doesn't play in 80 minutes anymore. I mean, that tells you all you need to know, that, that the manager knows that he has to be careful with them. Uh, so so you're left with Fabinho. You know, that dynamic mid three in the middle has only one of its cogs pretty much playing regularly. So it's not easy to replace players. Um, and listen, you lot should know better than anybody. You know, the team that you had with, with Henri and Perez and Petit and Vieira. And, I mean, every team, every great team eventually comes to an end. Mm -hmm. uh, or certainly some of, its, some of its parts comes to an end. And it's very, very difficult to replace. And right now, if we're talking about the midfield V, I don't think Liverpool's re replaced that. You know, people will argue and people have said to me, well, we got Alcantara, who's who's a better player than any of them. Well, as a footballer, he is. But the actual job that Wijnaldum and Henderson, in particular, were doing, he can't do. Now he's fantastic on the ball, but Liverpool's success was was put on three runners in the middle. That, that sounds a bit harsh. Not just runners, but three players with boundless energy and desire to close the ball also had great ability, whereas Alcantara has great ability, but it's not about tearing around the middle of the park, closing people down and winning the ball back. Mm. And also keeping him fit has been a struggle as well, and he's exactly. not as reliable uh, when you need him. All right, here's the questions from Super Kev, uh, Steve. Um, here we go in terms of where he feels the biggest matchups are. Hi, Sophie. Squaddies, Steve. If Steve's on. I hope you're all well. I've got a question for you, Steve, or for squaddies, for or whatever. I want Steve's two main matchups: Arsenal versus Liverpool. For me, it's Hello. Martinelli against Trent Alexander-Arnold, and it's Gabriel Jesus against Virgil Van Dijk and Matip. Uh, Hi, Sophie. But what what Steve, what uh, Kev's asking is, he thinks the two biggest matchups on the day are going to be Jesus versus Trent Alexander Arnold and Matip 
and uh, Virgil van Dijk against Jesus. He thinks that's where the game will probably be won and lost and, and the biggest of the matchups across um, the, both starting 11s. What, what's your take on that? No, I, I kind of disagree with Kev a little bit. I, I'm sitting here thinking Martinelli uh, and the boy Shaq on the other side. That's, that's, that's where I think the, the, the biggest problems are going to be for Liverpool. You know, Virgil van Dijk hasn't been at his best. But Van Dijk and Matip are, are no question Liverpool's best pair in the middle. And so it just takes a good day for them and they're due a good day. As good as Jesus is, you know, I, I, I'm not overly worried about Jesus, to be honest with you. I'm more worried about Martinelli on the left-hand side getting after Alexander-Arnold and, and, and filling that hole down that side, as I said. Same on the other side, Saka. I mean, I'm not... Again, to me, Simicas is better going forward than he is defender, although he's way better defender than, than Trent. So I see those two wide guys for you as, as our, our biggest problem. If we, if we can shut them down, I think we'll be fine. The last time we spoke, um, we had that conversation about Saka and where he felt he was being targeted. And I, that was a good few months ago, Stevie. Do you yep. Have you seen a maturity in Saka towards the end of last season, this season with England, that I know you've always thought he was a super talented person. And at the time, I think what you were trying to say was that he needs to focus more on the football, less on the complaining. And a lot of Arsenal fans came at you and most of us think rightly so. And you came on the show and defended your, um, your comment. Do you see a different Saka this season? I've been really curious to get your take on what you've seen from last to England to now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely a maturity about him. Um, you know, my problem my problem previously was, you know, when he was getting kicked, a lot of it was down to him. And I'd have to say, I don't remember the last time anybody kicked him because he's using his brains to either keep out the road or he's too smart for them. And 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 actually, when I when I think of Saka now, he's 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 for me at the stage where he's got one thing left to make him fantastic, and that's his final ball. Mm. Now, he does he does create chances, and he's he did score recently after a bit of a spell. But you just need to watch defenders against them. They don't they're scared to go near him. Because they know if they dive in, he's, he's going to skip past them. The thing for me is, if he can, if he can just add that little extra bit when they stand off him and take advantage of it, either you know playing a pass or whatever it may be, then he'll be he'll be absolute dynamite. I mean, he's a great player as it is, but I think he's just got that little final step to take, and he'll be dynamite. Yeah, and would you say, like, he, he just turned 21, those things can come. Uh, Kevin and I have oh, said right. if there's one thing we'd love him is to score more goals as well, Stevie, and just, like, sometimes put put the laces right through it. Um, he's he's only going to get better and better. And do you see him yeah. as more of a starter in the England setup than Foden, who's brilliant at sea? Well, I think, I think, it's, I think basically what, what, what I've 
just said is the difference between him and Foden. I think Foden is producing that final ball or that final strike. Mm. I think that's the difference between the two of them. As far as ability is, you can't argue they're both fantastic football players. Foden just has the edge on the final ball. Just that final piece of the puzzle. You know, Saka to me, when, when he's past his defender, when he's in the box and he's trying to pick out, I mean, more, more times than not, he's he trying to pick somebody out to put it in the back of the net. But a lot of the time he ends up at tight angles um, and it's not always on for him to try and take a strike at goal. Mm. Particularly against a defence, you know, a lot of bodies. So I think that's the only difference between him and Foden. Foden, Foden right now, mm. maturity-wise, with his final pass, is, is just ahead of him, which is probably why uh, Foden would, would start up before him in the England team. It's interesting that you, you feel like Martinelli and Saka, when you say that nullifying them, do you th is it the same token that you think they're our most dangerous players? If if I was to ask you what worries you the most versus the matchup, is it the oh, same answer? Absolutely, mm. absolutely. More so than Thomas Partey or Xhaka's resurgence or Saliba yeah, at I the mean, back. Listen, Partey scored an incredible goal at the weekend, but let's be honest, that's not why you bought Partey, and that's not what Partey normally does. It's a fantastic goal, but you're not you're not expecting him to do that every time he steps on the field. On the other hand, if you're thinking about Saka and Martinelli, you're expecting the two of them to get the ball and get after defenders. And it's great to watch. And so as if I'm if I'm playing against them, I'm not I'm not worried about Party coming forward with the ball. Because I don't think he's going to hurt me. You know, I don't think Shaka's particularly going to hurt me either. You know, Jesus gets space and, and chances a lot of the time because of what the two white guys, in my opinion, do. They 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 create space for him because they're tying defenders up because they're worried about them. And if not that, then the two guys are are getting involved in the box as well. So I think I think a lot of it revolves around the two the two white guys. Yes, you keep the ball well. Odegaard keeps the ball well. But I'm not worried about the three of them in the middle of the park to, to, to beat me. Mm. I'm, I'm worried about the two white guys and then obviously that's when Jesus comes into it because right now he's he's sharp as a tack. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Klopp has one his left yeah. eye on so, him. So basically, so basically <laughs> whenever Saka and Martinelli goes past Trent or goes past Simicas, then that means that either Van Dijk's got to go out on that side or Matip has that's going to create a little that's going to create the space for Jesus big mm. time. And right now you give him an opportunity, he's putting it in the back of the net. Let's talk about Trent real quick. He's not ending up on the Delhi Alley heap, is he? Do you feel like no. this narrative about him is a little extreme? Do you, what's your take on Trent, Stevie? Because we feel like that's definitely an area that we can exploit. You've said it yourself. But do you think the criticism has been exceptionally unfair or warranted? <laughs> it's been a lot and it's been loud. I know that. But... I'm just surprised that it's taken this long. Well, I said, I said, let, let let me go back. I think the reason that it's so so loud right now is because Liverpool is struggling. You know, mm -hmm. Trent's been doing the same thing since he started playing for Liverpool. 
Trent's doing now isn't anything different than he hasn't been doing. I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a great example. If you think back to the, the Champions League final against Tottenham, where did Trent finish up playing? He didn't play. He didn't finish up playing right back. Klopp brought Gomez on and put put Trent forward for the last twenty minutes of the game because that's because that's the only place to where we were vulnerable was down that side between Trent and I think it was Matic that was that was centre back that night. That was the only that was the only problem that, that that we had. So this is nothing new. Klopp knows Trent. He's always known Trent. But what he's doing, or what he's done, is is gamble. Not gamble. Gamble's the wrong word. But the fact is, is that Liverpool generally, at the best, have way more of the ball than the opposition. And the times that Trent has had to defend have not been particularly regular. The problem now is teams struggling, not keeping the ball as well. Uh, Position, whoever it is, and, and I don't, it, it doesn't have to be a great team. Any team that Liverpool have played against, they've given them chances. Uh, and of course, that means that Trent has to defend more, and, and he can't do it. You know, I, I, it's not in his makeup. Mm. He's not a great defender. He's an average defender, but he's getting shown up because in the Premier League, he's playing against great players. So, this is nothing new. It's just, it's just taking. Such a long time for Liverpool to be struggling so badly that it's kind of everybody's kind of jumped on it. So as I said, it's not it's nothing new. Trent's not defending well because he just can't. It's not his game. Give him the ball on the halfway line, then you're in trouble. The se- ask him to defend. It's not his game. The 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 sexiness of his game is definitely you know kind of feels like in the rearview mirror. Do you think that midfield the the lack of protection has also hurt Trent as well, Stevie? In some ways, because they were so yeah, protective. But, yeah, because because they've had to defend more. You know, the the middle three was stopping anybody. I mean, I've kind of twenty seconds ago I said that it doesn't matter who Liverpool mm. are playing against, they're getting chances. Well. At the best, that three in the middle, nobody was getting through it. So, so regardless of how good the opposition were, they weren't getting chances. And they certainly weren't getting goals. But right now, as happens to every team, they're, they're struggling right now. And, and so all these, all these problems are, are showing themselves for what they are. So Kevin and I have always argued, and I think we've had this conversation with you two about you know, whether it's the players or the manager, um, I think it's, you know, 50-50, they're a team, um, there's a man that leads the team, uh, there's players, there's captains. It feels like Klopp chopping and changing your, a little bit like us, we know our first 11. It seems like the success that Liverpool have had over the last four or five years, it's like there's this been dominant starting 11, an identifiable team and squad and it feels like Klopp doesn't know what his best team is this season would you say that's a, a fair assessment I don't know but I think he knows his best team but there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of injuries I mean we've already said that you can't rely on Henderson and Alcantara to play for 90 minutes week in week out you know Joe Matty can't play he can't play more than two games in the trot either without getting something Robertson's injured right now. I mean, it's been 
him and Simicast have kind of swapped in and out. I mean, pretty much, pretty much the middle of the park and, and the back line. So, so Van that have been constant, but the other centre back and the left back has been changing, and the middle three's been changing. So, to have that happen regularly, that doesn't help either. It's just it just adds to the problem. Mm. So, I, th- I think I think when everybody's fit, he knows exactly who he's starting to live in is. So I think right now it's just a case of having to having to chop and change because he doesn't really have an awful lot of choice. So, uh, you know, I a lot of Arsenal fans, myself, we listen to the ESPN FC guys. By the way, how's your golf game against Burley these days? Decent? <laughs> I haven't played a game of golf all year. Are you injured? I am. I, just, it... I just had a rotated cuff surgery. Oof. Two weeks ago. <laughs> painful stuff. Absolutely painful. Does that mean the missus is delivering the beers for you from the kitchen? Like, and, uh, and you know, are you, are you, how, how are you coping? I have not had a beer since I had my shoulder done. No way. What is that by design? Say that again. Is that by design? Well, well for anybody who's had the surgery, they'll, they'll know that. <laughs> You can't. If I fall over right now, I have to, I've still got a brace on. Wow. I've got a brace on for at least four weeks. So, you know, you can't afford to trip or fall because if I go down, I'm done. You are so, you're so done. So, so, so I, have been, I have been abstaining. Okay. Until I get, rid, until I get somewhat back to semi-normal, <laughs> I will continue to abstain. That definitely means no golf with Burley, that's for sure. Um, so you, okay. So I have a question from all our listeners because they think that you hate Arsenal and (laughs) they think that Burley hates Arsenal and the whole ESPN FC crew have a, an agenda against Arsenal. Can you answer what your thoughts are on that? Because every time they tune in and they're in live chat right now, they're saying every time I tune in, it feels like everyone's having a dig at Arsenal. I've often said that we fell so far that gaining the respect back and being consistent is what is going to get us the attention again of people saying, you know what, Arsenal are back. Top of the league against, you know, we all know Manchester City are the best team in the league. 11 points ahead of your Liverpool. What's your answer to our fan base that think that there's this agenda against Arsenal, or you in particular just don't like them, maybe because of the history? Anybody who thinks that way is they've got some blinkers on, basically. You know, it's listen. There's nothing better than a fan who just it doesn't matter what your team does; they can't see anything wrong. I mean, that's 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 great. That's you know because you support a team that fervently, you're allowed to do that. But when somebody comes out with facts. You can't just turn around and say they just don't like them. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't deal in fantasy. I deal in facts, you know. And and the, and the fact that Dan and I had this conversation after one game against Crystal Palace at the start of the season is probably why a lot of people have jumped on that. I hate Arsenal bandwagon, but it came from the fact. And again, I speak in facts. I don't, I don't tell fairy stories. The fact is that last season. Arsenal got themselves 
in the top four in such a superb position that all they could do was blow it to not get in the top four, right? Would you agree with that? I believe we blew it, yes. We had the opportunity and we blew it. Right, you blew it. And I said, basically, you blew it. So why does that mean, and and I didn't say they blew it for any other reason, and they did. It's called facts. You ended up outside the top four through no fault of anybody else but yourself. Right, it's more of an opinion and than a fact, but it's and, an opinion is that you... Yeah. Oh, well, it's a fact that we missed out on top four, but it's an opinion says, that we blew it. On. The fact is, you were sitting in the top four about six points or something. No, I think you were I think you were about three points ahead of fifth, and you had games in hand. Yes. And then you end up, you don't make it. We didn't and make that's it. Not me, that's not me trying to hate Arsenal. I'm just telling you facts. You blew it. And so when you play Crystal Palace in the first game of the season and you win, and I don't turn around and say I'm convinced you're going to win the league, then I hate Arsenal. That doesn't make any sense. I'm thinking about, you know what? This team blew at the end of last season. They played one game. You played well for you played fantastic for 20 minutes against Palace. And then the rest of the game was kind of the way you played the season before, which is why I said it's too early to be talking about Arsenal. What about again, now? That's fact. It's not theory. It's fact. What What about... So, what, yes, it's a fact that we missed out on top four. There are other facts that go into it in the sense that we were missing Tierney and Partey and Tomiyasu and our squad wasn't as strong. And, yes, we failed in the end to capitalise on an improbable, improbable position that we found ourselves in. Um I also think that finishing fifth when no one was expecting us to finish fourth and getting back into Europe was a character dangle in the transfer market. And Arteta, you know, right, he, he righted the wrong, getting us kicked out against the man that he replaced. Would you say that's fair? Say that again, he righted the wrong of what? Of, so he lost to the man that he replaced in a European semi-final. And also got, you know, he didn't finish top four. But the but last season, he got us back into Europe. We finished fifth and we saw some progress. Would you say that's a fair statement? Even though we failed to finish in fourth, the club goals were met. Yeah, but, yeah, but well, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You're, 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 you're changing the narrative here. You know. No, I'm just asking a different question. The positive for you is that, yes, you got into Europe. And... And all the stuff you said, but again, all I, all I ever said was, well, the fact is that you blew top four. And so when you when you blow top four and then you play one game in the next season against Crystal Palace, I'm supposed to turn around and start blowing Arsenal and Mikel Arteta's horn. That, that's what I'm talking about. You know, the question you started with was about Arsenal fans thinking, I don't like Arsenal. And I told you, I just say, I say it how I see it, and that was how it was. Mm. And and again, if you want to turn around and say, well, we got back into Europe and blah blah blah, well, you know, that's okay, a, that's good. Yeah, that's a but, follow. That's a follow on a follow on question. So, well, what about now though? After so, Crystal Palace well, was how many games ago? What about now, where we sit now? What are your thoughts on this Arsenal at this juncture? Versus the Chelsea's well, and the United's and the Tottenham's. With the, with the way you're playing, with, with, with the team you have, if you don't get in the top four this year, then 
then you'll never get in the top four. I mean, the signings, the signings in the summer were perfect. Jesus, obviously. Zinchenko's a, a great signing. Uh, and Saliba has, Saliba coming back, has absolutely shocked everybody. Because let's be honest, when he came back, nobody thought he was going to be, he's going to play the way he was, but he has. So those, those three have just, all of the, probably all the reasons why you blew the top four last year mm-hmm. have been have been plugged with those three signings, which is why I think you you will get in the top four this year. I would agree that the reason why we're top, and we've said it on our show as well, Jesus, Zinchenko, Saliba have made a massive difference to this team. Yeah. And, you know, they're kind of like that world-class-esque um, player that we've needed in order to to plug those holes. What did were you expecting us to beat Tottenham the way we did, Stevie? The way you did. Well, mm. I, was, I was expecting. I actually thought it would probably be a draw, to be honest, because I think everybody knew that as far as possessing the ball was going to be concerned, you were going to possess the ball. Because Tottenham don't want the ball. Let's be honest; they want it. They want it. Hit you on the break or mm-hmm. anybody. So the fact that you had the ball. Uh, did not surprise me. The fact that you were a better footballing team than Tottenham did not surprise me. But Tottenham, Tottenham, as good as you were, Tottenham shot themselves in the foot. I mean, Uris with the second goal is it's a joke, and it's it's kind of Uris now. He's got a mistake in him. You just don't know when it's when it's coming. And then of course Royale getting sent off. With just the most the, the ridiculous challenge. I mean, seriously, what was he thinking? So, so you, you score the third goal straight after that, make it 3 1, and the game's over. Because Tottenham ain't getting the ball back from you. But possession wise, he's a, he's a fantastic. Mm. So, I, I actually thought it would be a draw. I, I figured that you would outplay them football wise. Just wasn't sure whether you'd win the game or not. Okay, I'll get you out on these last few here. You're listening to Stevie Nichol, Liverpool legend and ESPN FC correspondent, commentator, uh, pundit. He does it all. Uh, always comes on our show, uh, come rain or shine every year to talk Arsenal v Liverpool. And we're very grateful for it. Whether we agree or disagree, we can all go away at the end of the day and have a pint when Stevie's able to have a pint again. Not right now, though, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I've got two, two, two or three left for you real quick. What's your take on this weekend? How do you see the game unfolding? And Emirates, the Emirates is a fun place to go play for the atmosphere, even if you're an opposing player. But kind of we've, we've made it an intimidating place once again. What are you expecting from the game? Oh, you know, just, deep I've thoughts. Just, I've, I love- just told you, I've just told you that I expected you. Because <laughs> I expected it. I don't know what to expect in this game. I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you. You know, Liverpool defensively have been have been pretty bad. I mean, shocking. In fact, they've been shocking. You know, our rock Virgil's had a, is having a tough time. I mean, the the third goal that we lost against Brighton last week, he's actually swung and missed. Mm. I mean. That would have seemed impossible 12 months ago, 18 months ago. So we're d- defensively, we're having a tough time. And going forward, you guys are exciting. So I really don't know what to expect. 
I know, I know that we're going to go after whenever we get it. We're going straight after you. But again, we do that, but we haven't been keeping the ball well either. We've been coughing the ball up so many times. So I think this is a from a Liverpool point. This is a tough one to call. I, I'm not sure what to expect, honestly. I'm not sure what to expect. Do you expect Liverpool to win or draw? If I had to push you for a prediction, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. You're scared, right? Do, do I sense uh, fear in you for the first time since we've spoken in the last few years? Playing well, I Arsenal. Think, I, I, well, I think. I mean, again, I, I could, I could, I could go the old. Uh, I'm a Liverpool supporter, right? And say we're going to win and blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> but then I wouldn't be being honest about it. You know, the, the, you know the the truth is, if you look at if you look at the two teams, one team you know what you're going to get, and the other team you don't know what you're going to get. Would that be fair? Yes, I think right. that's a fair and, statement. And unfortunately for me, the team that we know we're going to get pretty much because they've been they played eight games. And they've been consistent for eight games is Arsenal. And Liverpool's had eight games and they've been anything but consistent for eight games. Well, the fact is, they've been consistent because they've been all over the shop consistently. So so it's it's pretty it's pretty tough to so, just, just be a fan and say, Oh yes, we're going to win. Yeah, I've been Two there. Days, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't I could not turn around and tell you that I think Liverpool Absolutely, I'm going to win this game. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So for you, it's a bad time to play Arsenal for Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hear it. Right now, right now, it's a good time for MD to play Liverpool. Where do Arsenal finish this season, Stevie? Top, top four. Top four, but you know, do we win a trophy? Can you see us winning the Europa League, or? Well, it depends on whether he's want to win a trophy. Well, we want to. We definitely want to. You're not winning the Premier League. So I think we can. You're not winning the Premier League. Man City's winning the Premier League. Are we finishing? Are we finishing? Are we finishing above Tottenham? Are we finishing above Tottenham? Well, I would say uh, I actually hope so because you, you deserve it the way you play. But unfortunately, Tottenham are one of these teams that get on your nerves. Never play really open attack football, get results, get points, and and we'll probably end up in the top four. Mm. So basically, we get in the top four, but right now it's difficult to determine where everyone will finish. I think so, because you're going to you're going to hit you're going to hit a period where you're not things are not going for you. Mm. Yeah, once you hit that, you'll you'll find out once you get through that. Where you are, you know, when you're winning games and playing well, you kind of make your own luck. You know, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the game against Spurs earlier when Yuris throws one in, and then Spurs get a man sent off. I mean, you make your, when things are going your way, that those are the things that happen. Unfortunately, when they're going against you, then strange things go against you as well. So, and everybody, everybody goes through that sort of period. So. Just depends how your boys weather that storm, but even even then, I think I still think you're going to be top four. Yeah, 
And that World Cup sandwich in the middle is a bugger for all of us, other than, you know, the fact that Haaland's going to rest for an entire month, but so is your lad Mo Salah going to rest for an entire month. So whether that... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah that, the World Cup's... The World Cup hopefully will not be... Because once you get in a stride the way you, the, the way you are, mm-hmm. it's great. Because you just want to play. You just want the next game to come. The World Cup's definitely going to upset the rhythm a little bit. I guess I'll do that for everybody. Is it not a great thing for football, getting you out on this one, um, Mr. Nicol? Is it not a great thing for football and the Premier League that the Arsenal Football Club are good again and competing again? Isn't it a joy to watch? <laughs> no, it's definitely better. It's absolutely. I mean, listen, as good as Man City are, uh, I was going to say, do, do we really want to see Bayern Munich do we want a Bayern Munich type situation in the Premier League? No, I don't think so. And, and so we need we need everybody. Obviously, I would prefer if it was Liverpool, but you know, with the money City have and the decisions that they make and the players they bring in, it's hard for everybody else. But you know what? Everybody else is trying, and as you said, it's good to see everybody, including Arsenal, Arsenal fans, being up there and being competitive. Excellent. Well, look, I'm ready to send you a voice note at the weekend. I'm hoping it's going to be the voice note that I've been waiting to send you for the last, I don't know, six or seven years since we've been talking football. So hopefully this time around, I get to send that voice note that I want to, Mr. Nicol. Legend of Liverpool. <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out again. Uh, we appreciate you, whether we agree or disagree. Um, Love that you always come on, and thanks so much. All right, Sophie, no problem. Take care. Enjoy the game. Cheers, mate, if we won. <laughs> Hopefully you won't. Have a good one. Oh, I will. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay, that's Liverpool legend Steve Nicol. A little bit different tonight than what we were expecting. Uh, of course, we were expecting him live via video, but we had some technical issues on that front. So we did it from WhatsApp. The old school way, holding the phone up to the mic. Hopefully that was okay for you guys. The sound came out all right and everything was cool. Listen, I know a lot of you in the chat were like, do this, do that, say this. I I am having uh, one of these moments where we don't have to all agree on everything, okay? And, you know... What was, you're listening, okay, you're welcome. Thank you, GD, you're welcome, um, Elliot. And uh, I don't understand, so what was painful for you, B-Dub? You get free content, you get a 35-minute interview with a Liverpool legend who was the defender that Michael Thomas beat in Anfield 89. You get his insights and perspectives. What was painful for you? because you don't agree with him, because he's been brutal to Arsenal, because he thinks that we need to earn our respect back, because he wasn't ready to jump on the bandwagon after Crystal Palace and say we were going to win the title. Like, let's keep it in perspective here. I think that having these kinds of conversations with these kinds of players is a really cool thing that we get to do on our channel. And, 
You know how it is. Um, thank you for asking the question. He's a really good person. We get on really well. I started talking football with him when I first moved to the United States. He's been very gracious and very supportive um, of my work prior to Highbury Squad. And I really have a tremendous amount of respect. We totally disagree a lot on football, you know, and I think what I've said before on the show with regards to our club is people just can't buy into the fact that we're good again. Some Arsenal fans can't buy into the fact that we're good again. And it's a process. We've been sold on a process. And that process has become progress. And I think it's hard for people to understand. It was even hard for me as an Arsenal fan, right? We talk about results. We talk about what we see. And sometimes when something's so broken, it's hard to see too far ahead. So all I'm saying is that what you see, you know, I think, I think there are a lot of people out there, pundits that like to attack Arsenal. I don't think, I think Stevie was there telling you guys last season, he went after Saka, right? For complaining about refs. Listen to how he's talking about Saka this season. Totally different vibe. He's scared of Saka and Martinelli, not Saliba, not Partey, not Xhaka, not Jesus, Saka and Martinelli. And that shows you how his perception of Saka has further elevated. He's grown, you know, and I kind of agree with him in, te in terms of the final ball. We've talked about that on the show. I think we all agree about that. So the fact that he's picked those two players as the people he fears the most going into this game is massive, huge, huge for Martinelli and Saka with a lot of that experience that's in the side for a Liverpool legend to pick out those two as the danger, um, danger people as well. So we still have a lot to prove. We can be excited and we can be, this is the game, man. We win this game. This changes a lot. It, it further elevates us. It further puts ghosts in the rearview mirror. You know, beating Liverpool, our bogey team, would be massive. Bigger than beating Tottenham at home in the North London derby that we do over and over and over again. This game is huge. And no matter what the result is and no matter what the conversations are, I'm really appreciative um, that Steve comes back on the show and talks football with us here as well. Right. Um, I know that a lot of you are listening on replay because there's Champions League football going on right now. And to all of our audio listeners as well, thank you so much. Um, want to thank, of course, our partners at Zenith Coins. Don't forget to go to zenithcoins.com. Get 20% off your purchase using HS20. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Gifting season is coming up. There's going to be a lot more sexy stuff coming from Zenith Coins um, over the next two or three months gearing up to the holidays. So make sure you keep your ear out for that. Don't forget to check out our swag at the bottom. Anything that we sell goes to Gunas v Cancer and to our artists in our community. 
And that's going to be another opportunity for the holiday season. And we're going to kick in some discount codes for you as well. This is all for our community. This show is for our community. And I love you squaddies. I love your honesty. I love your support. I love that you come in every night with your game. And it means the world to me, especially because without you, there is no Highbury squad. And I love bringing these kinds of shows to you where we get the inside the dressing room perspective from a player who has played the game at the very, very highest level. If you have a couple questions for me before we duck out, let me know. I'll answer them for you. Um, and in the meantime, let's also talk real quick about this Saka news. Uh, looks like he's close to signing his contract. Once I see him in the picture, holding up the shirt, being happy with that Mont Blanc pen in his hand, woo, we'll have a party. We will have a serious party because Saka signing, Saliba signing would be incredible news for us this season as we start rebuilding our arsenal, even on what we've built so far. It's not enough. We've got to keep going. And re-signing these players is going to be massive and huge. Um, whoa, and I just got this news blast from Tony. I got you a Hawaiian Ono taco. That is unbelievable. So literally, I hang up and I've got a taco waiting for me. How about that? Breaking news. Breaking news right here. I love it. Uh, let's see. Saka has... Or <laughs> Listen, let's make that happen. London is red. Appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys too. No, 200K is not too much. These are players that come all but once a generation. You do everything you can to secure them. We've seen this movie before. We've lost players before because of our lack of commitment not only from a financial perspective, a longevity perspective, and also a building around perspective. 200 grand, sign the deal now, give him the money. Absolutely. There is no doubt in my mind that if there is someone worth signing for that amount, it is this this guy, this guy. Uh, so pineapple, what pineapple? Is that like a, is that something I don't understand? Maybe, I don't know. Suraj, do you think Liverpool make top four? Yes, I do. I actually think Liverpool are going to improve after the World Cup, January onwards. They were 11. How many points were they behind Man City last time, you guys? And had they played better early in the season, this is going to cost them. They made up 11 points. Now, Haaland's the difference, and they won the league without Haaland. Haaland stays fit. Manchester City could win this thing by a long margin. But... Uh, I think that uh, Liverpool will end up finishing in the top four, 100%. Tammy, great show. You're the best. Thank you so much. Uh, we've passed the 12K mark now, uh, passed the uh, 8K mark on Twitter as well. I'm loving our little show and the direction that we're going in and the content that we create and the community that we've built. One of my favorite things I say this to you guys all the time is when you come in at the start of the show and you all look out for each other and you greet each other. That is a really, really magical thing. I think we'll win tomorrow, Lynn, and I would like to see our best players rested. Keep Xhaka because he's like Teflon. Uh, I think Gabriel needs to play out of a little bit of a mini funk, even though he's still been good. It could be good to see Tommy, Tierney, um, give Turner another you know, shot in goal. 
play Nketiah up front, uh, you know, uh, give Vieira a chance to play. I think we win tomorrow. I think that we we should win. Even with resting players, we should be winning this game. But you know what? Nothing's a guarantee in football. So that's going to be a tough one. Uh, okay, I think that's it. What else? Let's go watch some football. Do you guys want to watch some football? What's uh, Let's see. Da, 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 does Saliba sign too? That's the one I'm worried about the most. Can't call that one. Saka's tied to Arsenal. His heart is with Arsenal. We've seen players with heart leave before, though. But Saka, I think, loves playing for Arteta, loves the club, loves that Jesus is here, loves playing with Martinelli. You know, the dude just loves being... You be a main man at Arsenal or you go and be a bit part somewhere else? At Arsenal, he can become a legend. Complete legend. Saliba, I hope, signs. I hope that... You know, we have a defender right here. As I've said to you before, if Fafana's 72, 5 million, then double that for Saliba. So, you know, let's all pray that this happens because he's massive. We're definitely going to rest Partey tomorrow. There's no need for him to play. BB, love you. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Suraj. That's very cute of you. Uh, okay, that's it. I've got time for. Let's go watch some football. Let's go. I'll be back tomorrow. So tomorrow I have a guest from the Anfield Wrap on. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the game with them. We'll also uh, talk about the Europa League. So tomorrow, look out for the show to be on after the Europa League game. All right. And we can wax lyrical, get stuck in and do other bits and pieces from there as well. In the meantime, uh, love you. Stay safe. Uh, no matter where in the world you might be. Remember also uh, what Kev says, tell your loved ones you love them. Uh, thanks to our partners at Zenith Coins for always taking care of us. Uh, we'll be giving away another coin next week. Uh, watch out for that so you guys can be part of the coin club. In the meantime, I'll see you tomorrow night. At ease, everyone. At ease. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. The Highbury Squad is powered by Zenith Coins. Support the future, treasure the past. Official license partner of the Arsenal Football Club. Follow at Zenith Coins across all social platforms.